Welcome to the Crazy Cool Family Podcast with Don and Suzanne Manning. Parents, what if we could give you the power to transform your family into something absolutely amazing? A family where everyone is healthy, gets along, loves Jesus, and has great purpose in life. Hey, let us flip your thinking to unlock the power God has given you to create your own Crazy Cool Family. Crazy Cool Family podcast people, do you want to be the most amazing family you could be? The most amazing parents you can be? The most crazy cool family dash parents you can be? We have this amazing resource we call Basecamp. What is Basecamp? Basecamp is more than a podcast. It's more than a YouTube video. It's more than a Facebook post. It's more a mem- than a website. Yes. It's more, more, more. It's, it's a membership site. It's actually an invitation for you as parents to come in and learn and learn from our 30 plus years of experience when it comes to parenting. It's filled with all sorts of videos about all the things that you need to or you could learn about how to be a crazy cool family. So all you have to do, it's so easy to sign up. It's free. And that's a really good price. and, And you have access. Yeah, you have access to all of our content. Every day, 24-7, on your phone, on your tablet, on your laptop. All you got to do is go to Basecamp.CrazyCoolFamily.com. That is Basecamp.CrazyCoolFamily.com. Don't forget the dots, dot, yes. dot. And it takes two minutes to sign up, and you'll start getting our weekly emails, our weekly Basecamp newsletter emails, as well as have access to all of our courses. You can do it in your small groups. You can do it individually. You can do it with your spouse. Basecamp is the way to learn to be a crazy cool parent. So come on in. Come be a member for free. Yep. We can't wait to connect with you. We are so excited to be back with you. We are on our Family Culture Made Simple series. Have you been enjoying this, Suzanne? Smile for (laughs) me over there. Tell me how much you're enjoying it. Yes, and with the Family Culture Made Simple series, we're working on discipline or discipleship or the seven discipline drivers, whatever you want to call that. And we've done six of them so far, and today we are going to do number seven. And then we're going to just kind of wrap it up neat and tidy, put a big fat bow on it. We have saved the best for last. We have got, <laughs> we've got the best one for you today. It's, there's all, all of them are great, but... I really like this one because this is one of those kind of out of the box concepts that if you get it, remember what we do at Crazy Cool Family um, is we do relationships and we teach you how to connect with your kids. And this is one that will really help you to connect. I got so much, we have so much to say to you about it. But first, let's review the discipline drivers. Uh, Think before you act. We're going to do ask forgiveness. We're going to talk about act like the parent, not the child. Guess where all these are? Past podcasts. You can go listen to them. Um, see things through the eyes of the child, consider natural consequences. My favorite life is in the why. And then today we are going to talk about let them make mistakes. Why do you say this is the best one? Oh gosh, there's so much good parenting that can be done in letting your kids make. I loved always with with every stage of life to set them up to where it's a they little failed. Well, they, yes, I want that. You failure. Oh my goodness. You failure. That's not what we're talking about. Love it when you yes, fail. Yes, exactly. No, but I mean, just to let it be something that stretches them and to be a little oh, bit beyond good. them so that they can't do it perfectly. And then 
come alongside them to help them grow into it. And, and even if they get frustrated, to help them through their frustrations, hey, this is how we handle this. Hey, you can do this. And then helping them over time to step into more things. And you're like, wow, look at the progress. Look at what you've done. So if handled well, I think so often we are embarrassed as parents when our kids are not perfect. And I want to get parents away from being embarrassed because your kids aren't perfect. I mean, you know, in baseball, they're going to, if they have a 400 batting average, that means they don't hit the ball six times out of 10. Right. And so let's think about it more in terms of how they're going to grow. Not only are they going to grow as people, but this, so mistakes are opportunities and they are they are ways to connect with your kids yeah and so i think that there's some parents that are embarrassed if their kids fail but there's some parents that don't want their kids to fail for their kids sake like they want to protect their child from from what? what what does it protect them from well i mean well i mean the, whatever it is that the kid fails from the feeling bad feeling disappointed yeah. um looking bad be the child being self-esteem yeah the yeah they're not going to and so security, you know, there's so many times we want our kids to be confident and secure. And we think that them not making mistakes is going to make them be that way. When that, yeah. I would say, is a lie. Because the mistakes have nothing to do with confidence and security. How we handle situations, what we say to them in those situations, when they do fail, when they do make a mistake, that's where we get to build the confidence and security, not when they're perfect. Because when they're perfect, they don't have an opportunity to grow in that confidence and security. All they do is pat their back and maybe build their ego a little bit when they're perfect. And so I agree with you that um, mistakes are our friend as a parent and they are incredible opportunities. I would say that they are a bridge that that helps us connect as parent, a person to person, really, but parent to child in that person to person. So I have a funny story. It was so when our kids were playing baseball, they about eight or nine, as they started getting into uh, kid pitch, they would go usually go on a select team, and they would um, play. And so invariably, we were with these high performing parents playing baseball, and they would be like nine years old. And nine years old is when they first start to be kid pitch. So there's a it's a very slow, tedious game because a lot of walks, a lot of errors. They're learning to play the game at a faster pace, and so. Uh, these parents would be out there and our kids would be making errors or whatever. And, and they would be so upset about the mistakes our kids were making. And oh, I just remember sitting on the, <laughs> even in the stands with the moms and the moms were a nervous wreck when their kid got up to pitch. They were just so nervous. Yeah. Like and I'm like, why? Because they're going to fail. What if they do that? They're going to let the team down. Well, and what Suzanne would say is they would be like, what? all these parents would be like, why are these kids making all those mistakes? And Suzanne would look at them and go, maybe because they're nine. <laughs> and, and, but, it, but it was just a different perspective. of So, so often, I think that, and the reason I think this is such a breakthrough parenting discipline driver is because so often as parents, we so want our kids to perform perfectly. And when they don't, we it makes us nervous and we get all nervous. And so we we the kid thinks that perfection is expected. And when they don't do it, they are failing. They are they are not getting the approval of their parents. They are not enough. All these things that happen. Yeah. We flip it and we say, hey, mistakes are good. Mistakes means that you're trying. It's when our kids are putting forth effort and they make mistakes, 
That's a time for relationship development. It's a time for confidence development and how we handle those situations and even how we set up some of those situations. Yeah. And so, and just know that, I mean, where God stands on all this in Psalms 37, 24, it says, though he may stumble, that's the mistake. He will not fall for God upholds him with his hand. And so know that God's taking care of us. So those of, you know, those of us parents out there that we don't want our kids to fail for us, or we don't want our kids to fail for our kids, know that God's got them. I mean, and I don't know about you, but for me, I learn in my mistakes more than I learn when I get it right. It's almost like when I get it right, it's like, well, yeah, that's how it's supposed to be. But if I, if I mess up, when I mess up, it's like, okay, what, how can I do that differently? What does that look like? How can I tweak that? How can I change that? What is that? How can I adjust that? And I'm thinking about it and I'm getting creative and I'm inviting God in God. What do I need to do here to make this different or better? And that's also what we do as parents. When our kids do something perfectly, we just go, oh, that's how they're supposed to do it. Exactly. And exactly. then we get on to them when they don't do it perfectly versus yeah. what if we had the attitude of mistakes are normal. They are a part of life. You see how breakthrough this is, parents? It really, I mean, it, it, and, and I'm a high achiever. So I get wanting things to be perfect. I get wanting to do things at a high level. I'm a hard worker at things. I, I get all that, but, but. Our kids actually learn more, like Suzanne's saying, from their mistakes if we don't have this perfection standard. Yeah, so the thing that makes me think of is letting your kids make mistakes and how we failed at that for sure with Molly and maybe trickle down a little bit into the Molly's the oldest. Yeah, our oldest daughter is, um, but you know, but we had her for four years, you know, just to just her before the next one came along, and then they started piling on really quick, and we took our control hand off of her. <laughs> but as we controlled her, as she hit all the different stages, we were wanting her. I don't know if we were wanting her to be perfect, but we definitely did not come at this approach of mistakes like this. We didn't come at it with yes, make mistakes. Mistakes are good. Mistakes are a way for us to you know point you to God and connect and all that stuff. We were like. Oh, that's a mistake. That's bad. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do that. And parents, can I tell you that with that approach, Molly chose to lie about all sorts of things. She lied about her grades. She lied about relationships. She lied about, I think, Don, you even told the story about, I mean, just the other day in a past podcast about her getting on a social media site and building that and saying that she didn't do it. I mean, that it was constant because she wanted our approval. She didn't want to make a mistake. She didn't want to be caught in a mistake. And she didn't want us to think lowly of her or poorly of her. And so parents know that when you do not, when we do not create an environment, a culture where our children can freely make mistakes and mistakes are then greeted with grace and connection, then they will wiggle their way out of it. And one of the best ways that a child, one of the first ways that a child will wiggle their way out of their mistake or getting caught by their mistake is to lie about it. I mean, think about it. And I want to flip this in just a second, but think about it. What if you're creating liars out of your kids? Yes, I fully, I fully what, what, believe what if that you, us parents uh, are the ones that do that. That we, and it's not all our fault, but <laughs> but we do, but we do need to take responsibility for. Many times we create an environment where the most likely pathway is to lie, because it's the it it 
it, it really does make a difference. Well, it's the path of least resistance. Yeah. And that's it's the easiest human path, nature. Yeah. We're going to go down that path. But now, so now we have. So these, wait, wait, just, I just want to just follow up on that. So if the path of least resistant and our, and our child chooses to lie, because that's the easiest path, what would it take to be, to, to make the path of least resistant be make your mistakes? Let's see what we can do with them. So then we've got these parents that are thinking now, and if I were listening to this podcast, especially my first decade of parenting, and I didn't understand the context, and I maybe, maybe it's your first podcast with us, and you're wondering who are these people, and <laughs> but they start thinking, okay, so what you're saying is my kid gets to be a slob. My kid just gets to make mistakes all over the place, and I don't really, all I do is love him and hug him, and everything's great, so what do we say to the parents? It's because we are not saying at all, you don't challenge your kids to have high standards in what they do. We don't challenge our kids to make an A on the test. We don't challenge our kids to be their best at the sport. I mean, all of that we also do. And so, Suzanne, why don't you comment on it and say, how do we do that while still letting them make mistakes? Well, I think that the standard is radically different than the mistake. Like the standard is set there, and that's what you're encouraging them for. But when they don't hit the standard, you don't just go, oh, well, no big deal. You know, you don't hit the standard. Well, we, you know, as Mannings, we make A's and B's and we try our best to get to that. That's what, that's what our goal is. We believe that you're capable of that, but you didn't study and because you chose to do this instead, there's the mistake. So therefore, what are we going to do differently? So you just press into it. What are we going to, how are you going to, okay, you've got three more tests to study for to bring that grade up. Is there any extra credit you can do? Is there, we got to make sure you get your homework in. And so you're basically partnering with them. You're calling out, this is the standard. This is what we want. This is, this is who you are. You didn't hit the standard. There's the, where the mistake lies. What are we going to do about it? You know, to, and, and, and so it's not, what are you going to do about it, child? What are we going to do? I mean, and I just think that a lot of the times what happens with mistakes and parents is that it, it alienates us. It puts us on a different side of the line The you know, the parent and the standard is on one side and the child and mistake is on the other side of the line. And what we want to encourage you to do as a parent is to cross over to the, with the standard along with you, go ahead and take you and the standard and join the line, the same side as the child and the mistake and say, how are we going to get there? What are we going to do? What are we going to learn from this? What's, what's our takeaway? I mean, that's partner with, I don't know if that's what you're. Yeah. And I think that, um, so what I want to really bring out to parents is, is that you will actually get a child that when, when children are, um, nervous, when they are, um, in fact, there, there's a there's a, 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 a progression that we it, it talks about how we go from um, incompetence. How do we go from incompetence to competence? And the the progression will be that we have um, uh, conscious incompetence first. That we I mean, that I'm we're sorry, aware I'm that sorry. we're being it's, un, it's unconscious incompetence first. We don't know that so we're we bad. Have no idea. Then we have conscious incompetence where we know we're bad at it. Yeah. Then we go from con- to conscious competence, which means that we work, we, we see it and we work hard at it and we do it because we think about it. But the ultimate standard is to go from unconscious competence. Wow. We're good and we don't even have to think about it. It's like that hitter that is, he doesn't think about his swing. He sees the ball. Well, but, I just think about just going, just to even really drop it all the way down to cleaning your room. 
you have a two-year-old that's not even aware that the room is a mess or they're, they're just going to mess it up. And you slowly take them through each of those skills. And so now before they go to bed, they automatically clean up the room. I mean, not at two, but maybe, you know, at four, yeah. at four years old, I can't go to bed unless my room is clean. Yeah. So that's, that's I, I'd great. rather, I'd rather talk about sports. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's and just so, bring it. I mean, cause not, not but, very many of your children are going to be hitters. <laughs> they might. Hey, there, there's hope. There's hope for them. So there's, but, but my point is, is that at, we have to take our kid through that stage. We're taking them to want, whether it be clean their room, hit a ball, shoot a basket, shoot a basketball, whatever it is. Um, do their homework. Do their, <laughs> do their homework. Laundry. Exactly. <laughs> we want to. And, and, and as we do that, um, if we, if they are, if they are, um, if they lack confidence, if they are at any part of that stage, when a kid is nervous, they are going to perform more in the conscious competence to conscious incompetence stage. And so our job is to draw them to the highest standard. And we do that by, by realizing there is a progression of life. And, and when we have too high of expectations and we don't allow the progression to happen, then we actually create unconfident is that how you say do you say the word unconfident is it disconfident what we create kids that are not confident we create kids that are nervous about have you ever seen a kid super nervous about trying things uh, it's they're, they're, yeah, they're, they're scared fail. of failure yeah what happens if your kid is not scared of failure because they and they want to move to unconscious competence in everything they do and you're helping them on that pathway to do that so i don't want you to see in this parents that we are just we don't care about mistakes it's not that we don't care it's a different approach to it's a different way to approach mistakes well yeah i mean that they're doorways to their heart it gives them a chance for us to point them to god it gives us a, the mistakes open the um doorway as an opportunity for us to connect with them and because we're their parents we've we have the experience we've lived longer so we get to teach them and disciple them and their doorway their their mistakes are they just the doorways to allow us in to help them and, and think about who jesus got on the most he got on the perfectionist. He got on yeah. to the Pharisee. If somebody, anytime he, he thought their heart was good, but they messed up. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about Peter. Peter's heart was right. And he said, Jesus, I'm never going to deny you. I'm never going to ever deny you. And Jesus said, hey, dude, tonight <laughs> you're going to do it. Okay, three times. Not just Before once. the rooster crows. Yeah, this very night you're going to do it. And sure enough, it happened. Jesus took Peter and he said, feed my sheep. Mm -hmm. You know, he just said he restored him restored. three times, just like Peter made three mistakes because Peter was, his heart was good. You know, where Jesus really has trouble and what we create, I think a lot of parents create this is is that they are they are the pharisees and they can't handle somebody doing something the least bit wrong and so they and and our kids sense that they don't get our approval and it actually creates kids that won't try things yeah we, we cre i believe yeah. that many parents create shyness they create not trying they create oh so many things and then they gripe with their kid about that too mm -hmm. and they, but in reality the parent has helped create that and so if that's you uh, it doesn't mean just because your kid is shy doesn't mean you've created. You just got to go back and ask the Lord about it. But what if you created a culture in your home where mistakes were 
not welcomed, but they were certainly appreciated and they were, and we saw mistakes. Another thing we tell parents a lot is look for trends instead of instances. Yeah. And so, so often the kid will make three good grades in a row or seven good grades in a row. And then they don't study, they make the C or whatever. And then the parent, I'm taking your phone, I'm doing all, and the kid's like, oh my goodness, I can never make a mistake. As soon as I make it, how many kids do we hear tell us, as soon as I make a mistake, my parents are all over me about it. Mm -hmm. And what if we, what if that were different? Well, and then, I mean, I even, as you were talking, I was even thinking of, think of areas where your children excel. You know, maybe they're really good at a certain sport and you don't have a lot of input in that sport, but they're terrible at cleaning their room and doing their homework, but you're controlling them all the time in those areas. And so that might be a thing too for you to take um, inventory of and say, okay, where is it that my child is not trying, is, is, has closed down, has fear of failure, and what role am I playing in that and how can I play a different role? And here's a thought with mistakes and, and, and with, with those types of situations um, whether they are succeeding or not, you can always find things they're doing well at it. Mm -hmm. And so maybe you can say, you know what? I need your room to be clean. And, and I need it to be clean every night before you go to bed. One of the things is making just clear expectations. But then, um, and you know what I see? I see you're really good at putting your dirty clothes in, in the dirty clothes hamper. Do we still use the word hamper? I don't know. But um, and but you know what? Your bathroom is an absolute disaster. So really what we've got to work on is the bathroom piece. But trying to help them with, it's not all a disaster. We tend right. to focus on, and that's where, you know, letting them make mistakes is, you know, we tend to focus on the things that are negative. But what about the things that aren't? You know, even on a positive side, you know, when our boys were playing select baseball, I would tell them things like, you realize you're on the one of the best teams in the area. You're one of the best baseball players in the Dallas-Fort Worth area for your age. Do you realize that? Yes, well, I hadn't thought about it, but yes, I do. Okay, whether you realize it or not, I'm telling you, you're, one, you're on one of the best teams, you're one of the best players that are in the FW area. Um, you know what? Are there ways you want to get better? Yes. So you're making some mistakes at these areas, you know, with this ground ball or whatever. Do you want to get better? Yes, I do. Okay, now then we can work with that and, and I can, I can help you and I can talk to the coach about how to get better. Do you want me to do that? Yeah, I do. So now we are embracing instead of going, you know, just immediately. So what I used to do before I learned is they'd get in the car and all I'd do is just harp on their mistakes. <laughs> well, what does that do? One, it just crushes them. Mm -hmm. And two, it makes them they want your approval above yeah, all else. Yeah. And they don't want to work. I mean, see that it, it's all about it, what we're trying to get you to hear today is, what is your approach when your kids make mistakes? Mm -hmm. And how do you create environments where we actually encourage them to stretch themselves a little bit? Yeah. And so just a couple, I love those two questions and a couple more questions to reflect on is what, what mistakes have your kids made and what can you do to make those learning experiences? So kind of be on high alert for mistakes and then press in to make those learning mistakes. And just even think to yourself, why are mistakes valuable? And why is it good um, to see them change and to see me change and to re and to flip our thinking on mistakes? And so I just, we just encourage you parents to press in to your thought processes on mistakes in do you need to change your, you know, how you interact well, with mistakes you, in your children? What you've just done is, 
and you didn't say this, but I will, is you've asked a lot of questions to them. So often your kid knows what mistake they made. And so you can actually say to them, hey, what happened here? Oh, you know what? I was supposed to stay down on the ball and I didn't. Okay. How do you fix that for next yeah, time? How do you do it differently? Well, well, I stay down on the ball. Great, man. You already know what's going on. That's awesome. You know, just little things like that rather than, rather than this statement. Hey, stay down on the ball. Come on. You know, I mean, that's a totally different mindset of, man, you missed that ball, didn't you? What, what do you think happened? And just know that if you if you've maybe approached the um, idea of mistakes and you've been hard on your kid, then it's gonna be a you're gonna have to kind of do some retraining on both of you, and so you're gonna have to maybe even go back and say, hey, you know what? When I was a kid, I made this mistake and I did this, or as a teenager, I made this mistake and kind of redefine that a mistake is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. And so when your child is super hard on themselves and we had a couple kids like that, then I would praise their mistake. Good job. Way to make a mistake because that's where we learn. I mean, that's the best thing that you, that was the best that you could do and you didn't hit the standard, but that's okay because we will the next time or the next time. And so just press into to where your kids are, find out how they approach mistakes. Do they avoid them? Are they lying about them? Do they feel like a failure because of them? Are they hiding them from you? What's happening when it comes to mistakes in your kids? And the result of all this wonderful wisdom we're getting you, giving you is you'll have a more confident kid. You'll have a kid that wants to try things. You'll have a kid that, and it will dramatically improve your relationship with your child. So, so, Seven disciplined drivers. Okay, so we're going to wrap up the whole we're gonna, series. Is yes, that what you want to do right yes, now? Okay, so let's unless you have up. anything else you want to say with let them make mistakes. Nope, just that. Just know that with the mistakes that they're opportunities to um, in doorways. Just think of them as like that and that there are ways that we get to deposit wisdom, grace, understanding, and hope in our kids' lives. That's what we get to do. That's a way to rethink the way you look at mistakes. Okay, so now let's wrap up. Yeah. yeah. Wrap up the seven. And, and I was talking to a group of men about this uh, a couple of days ago. Discipline is a, we put discipline last because we want to prepare you for it in our culture pillars because it's so valuable. Discipline's about relationship and we want you to learn about relationships. We want you to learn how to be encouraging, inspiring and listening and all these things that we keep talking about. And now then we can then we can get to these seven very practical discipline drivers. Think before you act, you respond before you react. Count to 10, ask the Lord, Holy Spirit, whatever it is, before you do that. That's one. The second one is ask forgiveness. What would you say, Suzanne, is the ask forgiveness? Why do we ask forgiveness? Well, so, I mean, forgiveness is a supernatural um, opportunity to... Um understand your kid and have them understand you. And so it really paves the way. It it clears off any stuff that got in the way, whether there was anger or uh, frustration, annoyance, anything else like that. Forgiveness clears that out. Basically what forgiveness does is it allows us to be imperfect parents um, and love our kids at the high standard that we want to love them at and still make mistakes, <laughs> talking about mistakes. And so forgiveness goes in and, and, and clears the air so we have a fresh place to start again. Yep, act like the parent, not the child. 
hey, parents, we are the parents. They are the children. We are called to a higher standard than our kids are. Our kids are growing up. They're figuring out life. We are adults. And so when we lead in the standards, we lead in example, we lead in asking forgiveness, we lead in not being angry. And we don't respond. We don't let their fits create our own fits. Yeah. And then see things through the eyes of the child. What that is, is that's a practice of empathy. That's putting yourself in the place of the child and understanding where they're coming from. And when you do that, then you're going to approach interacting with them at a different level. You got to take the next one because it's your favorite. Um, actually, the next one's my favorite. Oh, then I get this one. Yeah, okay, Consi- you take this one. <laughs> you like this one too a lot, though. I do Consi- like this one Consider a lot. natural consequences. Um, natural consequences are your friend. Um, if, you know, let the, so often, it's kind of like we're talking about with making mistakes. So often your kids are, when they make a mistake, they're super hard on themselves anyway. Let that be the punishment. As Suzanne says, we come alongside them instead of being against them all the time. So it improves the relationship and it builds their confidence. Yeah, and so the the one that's my favorite is life is in the why, and I think that it's one of the reasons that um, I I do have a good relationship and did have a good relationship with my children and my grandchildren because I tell them the why of when I want them to do something, and so they really there's not even any space to really argue with me because my why makes sense. Like clean your room because if you wake up in the middle of the night and you need to throw up, then you're going to throw up on everything in the path. Do you want that stuffed animal thrown up? Do you want your clothes? that you're going to wear do you want that and so life is in the why explain explain the behind the scenes of why you want that from that behavior from them that really happens in our home she really (laughs) does talk about throwing up in your home and so yeah so get creative parents with your why as well there's all kinds of creative whys to do that and then what we talked about today just let them make mistakes um let's just you know as we wrap up and so I just want to say that, so that's, that's it. But just, if you think about the seven discipline drivers, just think the word intentional. It's intentional parenting. It's intentional discipline. It's intentional discipleship. You are interacting. You're thinking about what you're doing before you're doing it. And everything you're doing is to build a connection with your child, to build that bridge so that your children trust you and you trust them so that they choose and grow in their self-control so that you don't, as a parent, have to control So think of the word intentional. (laughs) Yep. Discipline is about moving from parent control to self-control. It's about give, it's about teaching them what real freedom looks like. Real freedom. Galatians 5, 1 says it was, it's for freedom that Christ set us free. Freedom is to exercise the fruit of the spirit, to love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all that. It's not to do whatever we want. And so we're teaching our kids to do that through the power of discipline and really discipleship. And so we know that that's a lot. I mean, we've thrown, I mean, we we know that this is a lot. And so I just encourage you to back it down and pick one. Pick one and get good at it. And once you get good at explaining the why behind things, then add ask forgiveness. You know, every time you mess up, ask forgiveness. Train your kids to ask forgiveness. And then start, you know, acting like the parent, not the child. I mean, you pick the order. Maybe even go through and number them. I'm going to work on this one, then this one, then this one. And I think that when you get versed in it, after you do it a little bit, then you add the next one and the next one, then 
what you do is you just go in and say, okay, Holy Spirit, help me here. Help, help me here. Which discipline driver do I need to apply? Do I need to ask forgiveness here? Or do I need to explain what, and the why behind it? Is that a mistake that I need to embrace? And so we pray that you are not overwhelmed with this. All we want you to do, I guess, is to rethink the way you approach discipline when interacting with your kids. Yeah. So we are done with discipline. We are so done. We are so done with discipline. Are you done with discipline? We are so done with discipline. Right? Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Big, big bow. Wrap it up. Yeah. Now, discipline's in, in, in the world of Crazy Cool Family, discipline's an opportunity. It's yeah. an opportunity and, and it's an opportunity to connect. It's an opportunity to help our kids grow. It's an opportunity to um, uh, help them believe differently, help us believe differently in many cases. So, But for now, we are done for the day. And so, as always, parents, go be crazy. CrazyCoolFamily.com. 